Welcome to Into the Breach, a reps and warranties policy podcast by Brian O'Keefe and Jenna Usenheimer, partners and co-leaders of the Transactional Underwriting Council practice at Cyforth Shaw, interviewing leaders from the industry and exploring the latest developments, market trends, and news impacting RWI and the transactional risk insurance markets. Good morning and uh, welcome to Into the Breach. I'm your host, Brian O'Keefe, and joined by my co-host, Jenna Usenheimer. How are you, Jenna? Doing well. How are you, Brian? Doing pretty good. It's good to be back on the podcast here. I think we were talking beforehand, though, Into the Breach has been uh, into the infirmary lately. (laughs) Well, certainly for you and me. (laughs) Both of us have had little minor health issues. How is So Jenna was jogging and sprained her ankle, correct? Yeah. So I think what happened was I got angry at something. And so I was rage running and I stepped funny on the curb. And now I am paying the price because I have hopefully sprained my foot and have not given myself a hairline fracture. I guess it's TBD. But in the meantime, it's not super fun for me. Was it a deal that made you very angry? Is this a worker's comp injury now? I can... Well, it was work-related, but I can confirm it had nothing to do with the deal. So Because deals are all wonderful. We would never get angry at anything no, going on in the deal at any particular time. So Well, that's true. That's true. And what about you? What are your, have your recent ailments been? Well, as I, as I, as I, uh, as I think you know, but our audience doesn't, I guess, I was uh, just had a minor bout of, of food poisoning, but I also had two deals on the same day in uh, <laughs> Powered through and got them all done. And uh, you not know, surprised. that's not just surprised. what we got to do sometimes, right? So that's right. We don't let a little bit of food poisoning stop us here at this practice. So, or, and I'm or, sure you were perfect and delivered outstanding client service. Well, uh, you know, I tried. Uh, <laughs> no complaints yet. So, no complaints yet. Right, right, right. <laughs> but uh, we, we don't let anything stop us here in the practice, right? That's right. That's right. You know, well, well, we're certainly not going to uh, uh, stop the show today. In fact, we're going to go forward with our friend, uh, Mike Seda, uh, who is the underwriting counsel, uh, tax underwriting counsel, Liberty Global Transaction Solutions. And Mike is going to be on the show today uh, to talk about tax insurance. It is a very hot topic right now in uh, the transactional risk insurance world. Um, and uh, we're really excited to have Mike on today uh, to talk about this uh uh, great development. So welcome to the show, Mike. Thank you. Thanks, guys. I appreciate you having me on and uh, definitely definitely a big fan of the program. Oh, well, thank you very much. We appreciate that. And we're a very big fan of, of you and a very big fan of Liberty. So, um, so Mike, maybe uh, if you just want to uh, start off a little bit by um, uh, talking about your position at Liberty, we know that you are a recovering uh, regular reps and warranty insurer underwriter, but had uh, had a past <laughs> background uh, that uh, that sort of melds into your current job. So maybe you just want to give the listeners a little bit of background about yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I started my professional career, you know, kind of in the M and A space, uh, focused originally on tax diligence and uh, structuring, you know, for some larger transactions. Uh, and really, I saw the growth in in the use of these policies. You know, became very interested, uh, spoke to a few folks that were in the space and, and made the jump. Um, actually, originally, like you mentioned, uh, I was on the underwriting side for the typical reps and warranties policies, uh, but I always stayed close, you know, to the tax world. 
uh, both kind of on an ad hoc basis, you know, as tax issues came up in, in the rep space, uh, but also staying involved with, with our tax team that was growing at the time. And uh, as a fun fact, the first policy I ever did was a tax excess policy, you know, just a few days into the, the role at, uh, at Liberty. So, um, you know, tax, tax has followed me. And then we were really growing the tax team, as, as I think you mentioned, there's been some real growth and interest in, in the tax liability product. So it was just a great opportunity to, to make that switch and, and focus on, you know, the tax product full time. Well, that's, that's great. And, and we know that um, uh, the team at Liberty has also grown a lot in the, in the last couple of years. And, uh, uh, you know, you guys have you know, really just uh, grown into a, you know, we know there's sort of a global team now there. So it's, it's terrific to see this expansion of Liberty and, uh, you know, just part of the larger offering that Liberty can have uh, in, in sort of all transactional risk products. Yeah, so I, I think, um, you know, really that's the focus for us is, is on the team. Uh, you know, we have um, folks in, in a lot of different regions and, and most importantly, uh, that, co- that collaboration excuse me, is, is, is key. Um, you know, the way it shows itself, I think most in the tax world is, is on a cross-border type transaction. You know, we often have uh, risks or fact patterns that touch on a number of jurisdictions, a number of different sets of you know, kind of tax rules and, and to have that open communication across different uh, jurisdictions and, and different global markets is is really key. Um, I, I'd say the other thing that comes up quite a bit from having that that depth uh, in in the team and that open communication uh, is you know the amount of overlap between the different transactional products. You know the tax team and the reps team often work very closely together. Um, sometimes explicitly, you know the coverage is asking for for hybrid type coverage, uh, which is sort of an interesting trend. And yeah. you know in other cases. It, it just comes up that, uh, you know, that there's elements of, of all the different products, you know, within one set of facts or, or question that an insured might have. Well, we, we can certainly appreciate uh, lots of communication about tax. Um, Jenna and I are, are not tax lawyers but by any stretch of the imagination. <laughs> so we feel like we talk to our tax lawyers at Cypher to work on these deals um, an awful lot uh, because an tax is Yes, tax is so important on all the deals um, and, you know, uh, really walk through all the different tax issues with with Paul and Rotham and Michael uh, on, a, on a pretty I regular. I mean, Brian might not be a tax lawyer, but I've gotten in Rotham to agree that I am almost a tax lawyer. So wow. almost a tax lawyer is closer to a tax lawyer than not a tax lawyer. Pretty, pretty high praise from Rotom too. You know, <laughs> pretty high standard. So I mean, I think he might be sarcastic, but I'm going to take it anyway. So. He's never given me that designation, so I don't know. There he you go. Really on it. So, well, um, well, why don't we talk to the real tax lawyer here and get into the nitty gritty of uh, the uh, the program today and talking about tax insurance uh, in particular. And um, Mike, maybe for uh, uh, people in our audience who aren't familiar with just with what tax insurance is and how it is both similar and different from the regular reps warranty insurance, if you maybe want to explain a little bit about that. Yeah, yeah, sure. I think kind of one of the simplest ways to think about the tax insurance is really that it kind of offers uh, a certain certainty for a taxpayer. Uh, that may be an individual. More often, you know, we see it on on the business side, but by their nature, the tax rules tend to be fairly squishy. They rarely offer these bright line answers. Uh, so, so taxpayers are often confronted with this possibility uh, 
that a certain filing position or a particular set of facts, a given transaction might result in, in one of several possible outcomes. Uh, so, you know, that's where the product can really come in and offer, again, that, that certainty, typically from an economic perspective that puts the, the taxpayer, you know, where, where they want to be. Uh, typically, these issues might only come up, you know, in the context of an audit or an exam. But again, that process is, is not really able to be predicted with any great certainty. So again, inserting the product, you know, ensures that even in the event of an audit and examination, some inquiry by a tax authority, you could have that economic certainty in terms of getting the, the result that, uh, that you're seeking. Uh, as far as the process, I think, Sorry, I was going to say, when does it usually come up? So, so is it almost exclusively at least coming to your desk in the context of a transaction or can it be used in other circumstances where well, we're not used to seeing it really because we're so focused on transactional work? Absolutely. I think, you know, there are a number of examples that come up in the context of transactions, but I think it's, it's more often or at least as often uh, on its own. You know, taxpayers constantly are, are considering you know, a number of options, uh, whether to take this route or that route. Uh, and, you know, as a result, those different potential outcomes across any type of tax, you know, it could be employment taxes, it could be uh, corporate income taxes. Again, sometimes there are cross-border elements, even without the context of a transaction. But um, really, any time where there's, there's more than one possible outcome, I think there's, you know, an opportunity to, uh, to look to use the product. Right. And Mike, are you seeing any, are there like um, uh, certain particular issues that you see sort of uh, more frequently within tax where, where tax insurance is a good, uh, is a good potential uh, solution that, you know, if people are seeing this issue come up that they should, you know, they should really consider a tax insurance policy? Yeah, I think uh, as the product continues to, to mature, the, the risks get a little more, uh, you know, differentiated or uh, you know, we see some some more variety. The, the typical examples that have come up the most in the past are, you know, the insurability of certain credits, uh, renewable energy being, you know, sort of the main example. Um, we were speaking earlier, you know, and, and have actually talked, I think, on some of my reps deals, Brian, about, um, you know, S-corporation issues. That is a, you know, typically a topic that, that attracts, um, you know, the, the possibility for, for a policy. Um, corporate transactions, uh, you know, certain reorganizations, uh, either within or without kind of the context of some other M&A type activity, you know, often there, there's a sought after result, uh, you know, that, that typically is a good fit. And, and recently, some interesting trends, you know, have kind of been in the, I think the employment tax space, you know, offers uh, a lot of opportunity, as well as uh, even some some personal trust and estate type planning for individuals has has come up from time to time. So those are kind of some new and interesting trends that we're looking, you know, at as a good fit. So can you tell our, can you share a little bit about the mechanics of how, you know, from reaching out once they decide that maybe this is something that they want to get into all the way through the underwriting process, just to give a little bit of an overview for some people who might not know? Yeah. Absolutely. I think, you know, that's sort of uh, an area where there are 
a number of parallels to the rep and warranty process. So, you know, any familiarity with that that the listeners have, you know, is 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 helpful. But the brokers are really, you know, where it starts. Typically, any brokerage that has a, a transactional practice have you know dedicated tax folks, and they can really help you know a, a prospective insured who's considering a policy uh, think about what is a good fit, uh, put together the information that uh, that's necessary. Um, what tends to be the most suitable risks, sort of regardless of, of the underlying tax questions, are those for which the, the insured's really well prepared. So the more support, uh, analysis, consideration that's gone into it, those make for the strongest risks and, and the best submissions. Uh, and, and then once that's put out there to the market, you know, we'll typically look it over, try to quote things as competitively as possible. Uh, if we're selected as the insurer, the underwriting process, I think, you know, again, mirrors the rep and warranty space uh, with some interesting nuances because it's, it's really very focused on that specific issue that matter, those set of facts. Uh, so that, that targeted nature really goes throughout the process uh, all the way up and until you know, the policy negotiations, which typically can be a little more uh, bespoke, you know, and, and the terms really mirror the nature of of the risk, um, you know, timelines typically are, are pretty similar to throughout the process. If I can ask too, Mike, that's all very helpful. And and I know in the regular perhaps process, um, most of the time uh, we receive a you know report from an accounting firm going through uh, all the different issues. Now, um, do you in if for a tax insurance policy, do you require either a an analysis, a letter, an opinion, or something from the accounting firms, or what sort of uh, underlying due diligence would you typically like to see in order to be able to sort of underwrite the risk? Yeah, uh, absolutely. It's again pr- from that targeted perspective, but you know we would typically need, at a minimum, you know a, a strong analysis of the facts and, and the intended uh, consequence, right, or the intended. Uh, coverage that that folks want. So that usually takes the form of either a legal opinion, a legal memo. Uh, In some cases, it comes from, you know, the accounting firms as well. Uh, And I think the best, again, the best, the best risks, the most suitable opportunities really are those which have, you know, a couple layers of, of support and that analysis. So even though, you know, the result may not be certain, it helps us and what we need to do is understand the facts, the intended result, you know, and, and why the potential insured thinks that, you know, that is the right answer. Even if there are several possible answers, it, it's important for us to get behind, you know, their position. So the more support they have, the easier it is for us to offer better terms, you know, have a smoother process and, and get behind it. So depending on the nature of the risk, the, you know, specific requirements may change, but across the board, yeah, that that analysis uh, in in whatever form it takes, again, typically a, a memo or an opinion is is really crucial to the process. So, Mike, so I think you explained, um, you know, where where the product would be useful. So maybe the the corollary to that um, is, you know, are there circumstances where 
the product is not, uh, you know, you know, isn't probably a very good fit and, you know, not something that, that people should be, uh, should be pursuing for it. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's a great question. Um, uninsurable risks would include any reportable or listed type black flag transactions, you know, identified tax shelters are, are some that, you know, wouldn't, wouldn't be a candidate for the insurance. Um, I'd also mention that, you know, once an issue has been specifically raised on an audit or an exam, it can be, you know, difficult or quite challenging to insure, but not not necessarily impossible. And then, you know, to, to counter kind of the strongest risks, have the strongest support and analysis, any risks where, you know, the advisors are either unable to opine or are typically at a weaker, you know, kind of confidence position, uh, you know, wouldn't be as suitable. Can you provide a little information uh, for our listeners? Like, how would they know this is like the right product for them? And what can they factor into the pricing or the cost structure? Can you, you know, I think we all know how it works um, in the regular reps product, but can you shed a little light for people who may not, you know, really know what to expect when it comes to pricing? Sure. So again, as far as what, you know, typically is most suitable, um, there's a lot of good information out there, uh, programs, like this one, maybe not as good, but but they're out there. And um, we did not pay him, you know, guys. Speaking, we did not pay him to say that. <laughs> speaking to brokers as well, again, great great resource. Um, but yeah, when it gets into kind of the pricing and the considerations, it, it, it's similar in that it's typically a one-time premium payment. You know, as a, a percentage of the total limits, you know, that are being requested. Uh, I think those risks, which are more prominent in the market, and you know that the insurance carriers have had a chance to really digest and and, and know the facts a little better, you know, tend to be less expensive. Um, as you get into certain jurisdictions or transactions that are really more, you know, unique, uh, that can drive the, the price up a little bit. But I think one thing that you know is is really worthwhile to mention is that just because it transaction is, is, you know, seemingly terribly complex, uh, doesn't automatically mean that, that the insurance would be difficult or, or expensive. Um, you know, we have great expertise on the team. We have phenomenal advisors. So it's, it's usually easy for us to, to unpack the facts. Um, by the same token, sometimes the, the seemingly simplest transactions don't always make for, for great, uh, you know, risks or fact patterns. So the, the two are not necessarily, you know, directly correlated. Do the policies also include some of the other features that we, uh, cost features we see on the regular reps policy? Like, is there a, a certain retention level? Is there uh, an underwriting fee? We like underwriting fees on this show. So, um, you know, <laughs> just kind of other costs that are sort of associated <laughs> with, uh, with, uh, with yeah. the regular reps policy. No, absolutely. Um, you know, the underwriting fees are are similar, uh, similar in dollar amount, and and they really you know are, are passed through that typically go to to our advisors. Um, the retention is an interesting concept. Um, you know, unlike a traditional insurance deductible or retention, or even unlike the the rep or warranty policy, uh, the starting point for most tax policies is really just a, a baseline dollar amount that goes to what we refer to as contest costs. And those are typically 
uh, only you know costs or or expenses that arise if you know there were a claim, if there were an audit or examination, you know some inquiry into the issue. So the coverage typically picks up the the tax expense and associated penalties, interest, uh, you know a gross up to to account for any tax on a payout, you know at that that first dollar. Uh, so you know a much lighter retention structure than than some other you know insurances that being said there are you know a handful of fact patterns where it may sometimes be you know, more beneficial to the overall terms to have a, a traditional retention as well all right well that makes a lot of sense so i guess mike before we uh move into everybody's favorite part of the podcast once more unto the breach is there anything else you want everyone to know about either the tax team or liberty or the product or just anything before we move on yeah, I would just say that again. I think you know Liberty's strength is is really in that that cross border open you know team communication. Um, our, our team really comes from the transactional M and A space, uh, and and they know it really well. And, and tax is always a big part of that. So, uh, you know, I think we have a lot to offer, and and I hope that the tax product really continues to gain, you know, some some interest. Well, we hope so too, and we really like working with the Liberty team. So we couldn't agree more. Um, okay, well, once more, unto the breach. So these are our two questions that we ask basically everybody. And then the third is a mystery fun question. So question number one. Yes, what is the biggest change you think we're going to see in tax insurance in the next 12 months? Or six or 10 or 36, whatever. Soon. Yeah, I, I think it, it, it's really two things. The, the product has continued to mature and that allows us to, to consider you know, greater innovation around what types of, of risks are going to be considered. So I think that that expansion of different risks is is continuing. And, and the other one that I think we're seeing, which which we like as well, that's very interesting, is uh, sort of a trend towards larger limit tower programs in the tax yeah. space. That's interesting. Uh, so we definitely have, have our eyes on that. Wow, that was a very good answer. I like it. All right. Question number two, what is a piece of career advice you might give to someone who's interested in working either in like a specialized product or an RWI product or otherwise for a transactional uh, risk insurance carrier? If any. So other other than listening to um, this podcast, you know, and yet again, you did not pay him (laughs) yet again. Thank you. There's, there's just a wealth of information out there when, when folks are looking, which, you know, I think is very complimentary to, to the industry. Um, but really speaking to someone, uh, I, I think folks who, who are aware or considering, you know, a role in this space tend to do so because they have some familiarity with it. So, you know, I'd really counsel them to kind of reach out and see who they might know, you know, first or second hand that, that works in, in some capacity. It could be you know, an advisory role like yourself, it could be an underwriter, a broker, um, you know, really getting that that chance to chat with somebody who's in the space is, is what worked for me. And, and I'd encourage others to do the same. That's but great. You can I give think your that's uh, a... personal email and phone number. I think that's a great, I think that's a great answer, Mike. And I also think too, I think that, uh, one nice part of this industry is um, a lot of people are very generous um, with with talking to people. Um, uh, I think people like working in this industry for the most part and uh, get excited whenever there's other people who want to uh, uh, 
you know, join this kind of crazy ship. And so um, I think that there's a lot of folks who are willing to talk to, to people who are interested in it. I mean, I know we certainly are, and we've, we've done that, I'm sure you have too. And so that's, I think that's a really good, uh, underrated piece of advice that, that's really great for the listeners to do. So, um, so our final and, question. And that was on, a great time. Oh, good. Yeah. Yeah. Now, now is a nice time. I think everybody needs more help right now. <laughs> um, so our final question, Mike, so this is always a mystery, fun question that we don't always uh, preview with people. But um, we know from uh, from talking to you, Mike, um, that you have actually had uh, two marriages, shall we say, uh, in the last year. You had one marriage and then you just had a second marriage. Uh, a couple weeks ago, and in, including a honeymoon, um, and just want to ask you about that and how the honeymoon went. And uh, to our listeners who aren't familiar, Mike was kind of caught in the COVID uh, uh, wedding, uh, you know, no man's land, I guess, is the how to have a wedding in the middle of the of the pandemic versus uh, a more traditional ceremony recently. So, yeah, and and on the off chance that uh, my beautiful wife listens to. You know, rep and warranty and transactional insurance podcast. Well, she's going to listen um, to this one, obviously. You know, <laughs> of course, of course. No, it, it's it's thanks to her patience that I was, uh, you know, lucky enough to get the chance to to marry her twice, uh, and that both occasions, Aww. you know, went off without uh, without a hitch. Uh, the first one, you know, very small, and uh, I had taken my time, you know, to propose. So when we were hit with what became a, a two plus year delay. Uh, post post engagement, getting to the wedding, it was nice that we got the chance to to really have that small intimate uh, moment, and um, you know that combined with uh, I tell people a series of unrefundable deposits uh, <laughs> with all the various vendors, you know, led to the opportunity to uh, to have the big affair, which was just awesome, Good. and um, and yeah, we 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 got a quick little honeymoon down to St. Thomas. Um, you know, highly recommended if uh, it's going to be as a chance to go. Well, we're so glad that that worked out so well for you. Yes, congratulations. That's terrific news for you. And thank uh, you. We just have it all in the podcast, Jenna. Love, romance, tax insurance. Yeah. Rage running. (laughs) Rage running, right? So, (laughs) well, that's great. That's really great to hear, Mike. And we're really happy for you. And congratulations to you uh, and your, your new bride. So, well, this has been uh, really terrific um, uh, having this conversation with you, Mike, and learning you, Mike. Uh, a lot more about tax insurance. And if anybody is interested in uh, talking with you more about this or hearing with you more about this, um, uh, do you have your uh, contact information you, you want to provide? Yeah, sure. Um, you know, we're available on, on LinkedIn and, and the Liberty GTS Global Transaction Solutions, that is, websites available. Um, you know, has has our bios, our uh, our emails, and um, you know, we'll make sure that the, the links and everything are available with uh, with the podcast. Okay, great. Well, this has been this has been terrific, Mike, and we really appreciate you coming on board. And uh, thank you again, Jenna. We've made it through another episode here, and hopefully, we uh, stay upright and healthy, and don't have any more. Uh, health issues as we head into what I'm sure is going to be a very busy Q4 where uh, all of our clients are going to need us in tip-top shape here. So, all right. Well, thank you very much, Mike. And uh, thank you all for all of our listeners. And until next time. 
Thank you for listening to Into the Breach. For show notes, additional resources, and links to the tools discussed on today's episode, please visit rwipodcast.com. The views and opinions expressed by Brian O'Keefe and Jenna Usenheimer in this podcast are their own and do not necessarily represent the views and opinions of Cyfarth Shaw, LLP, its partners, or its employees. The podcast does not provide legal or other professional services. This podcast is made available by the lawyer publishers for educational purposes only, as well as to give you general information and a general understanding of the law, not to provide specific legal advice. By listening to this podcast, you understand that there is no attorney-client relationship between you and the lawyer publishers. The podcast should not be used as a substitute for competent legal advice from a licensed professional attorney in your state. As defined in the State Bar of New York's Code of Professional Responsibility, this podcast is considered a form of attorney advertising. Prior results do not guarantee similar outcomes.